Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much this morning. Lord God, for revealing yourselves to us. Lord God, that we gathered here today have had a heart to recognize you in a world that doesn't seem to recognize you very often. Um, we just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we can all be made vessels of your grace to receive your grace for ourselves, for our own lives and families, but also to dispense your grace to the others around us. Use us in various ways so that we can, um, so that by the end of our road, you'll be really proud of us, Lord Jesus. That's what we pray, maybe more than anything, that we finish our race, Lord Jesus, and not collapse at the 10-yard line or, or at the 20-yard line um, and give up because you've asked us, Lord God, for, for all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength, Lord God, all of our love. And Lord God, we propose to give it to you. Enable us, lead us, guide us. Bless our community and bless our generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think it was, there was a, at one point I was going to name um, this message today, The Ocean, and just hold up this book. Because the book is the ocean. And the problem with, the problem with, I don't even like that saying, an issue with us in this day is that we don't, we don't explore the ocean I think the way that God would like for us to. Because this, this book, is, there's, there's no, is unfathomable, the depth of this book. And the more that you give yourself over to the teachings of this book, um, the happier you become. And the less you become fixated on the things that the world around us is fixated on, we can become fixated on things that are eternal in their nature. And, and it's pretty, pretty wonderful, honestly. Um, it's one of the things about 
being a, what we would call a charismatic church or believing in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is sort of God sort of dunks you in his presence in, in, in an experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some people really have to stretch for it, and some people get it as a free gift. I got it as a free gift wallet from God, which was wonderful, and some people really have to take a lot of time and pray for it and seek God for it. But, but God will take you into the deep end of the pool and, and dunk you, and all of a sudden you'll come out as a person who has a hunger for depth, who has a hunger for the deeper things of God. Because, listen, God's word is not easy. We don't serve, we don't serve a, a, a God. You know, it was one of the reasons why we know God is God, because man would never make up a religion like Christianity. It's too hard. You can't do it, right? It's too hard. And a God that, you know, his Messiah came and, and, and told us about the fear of hellfire and a place where the worm dieth not and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and all of that. That ain't easy. That ain't easy peasy. We'd like the grandfather God, you know, who's in his rocking chair smoking his pipe and he's always there to give us a hug no matter what. You know, sometimes Jesus wasn't giving hugs. Sometimes he was giving strong correction, good medicine. Amen? So I'm going to start with this, maybe obviously, John 15, 13. Jesus saying, speaking, says, said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, Every commercial, I think practically, that you see on TV is directed toward your care of yourself, your new car, or your Wendy's hamburger, or <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Commercial after commercial after commercial, they're created to tempt you, created to tempt you to want what they're selling to you and it's very easy for us to get caught up in like, wow, these really good-looking, well-spoken, educated people on TV are telling me I should want this. So why should I not want this? And it's not bad to want it. It's bad when it becomes an idol. You want it more than you want God, right? You love it more than you love your friends. You'll pass by your friends on the street who are in need because you want this thing, right? I mean, who but America would come up with the Home Shopping Network and QVC and all of that? Just, I want to watch this all day. They're just going to sell me neat things, fun things all day long. And I, I need that. I've got to have that. You know, as anesthetic not wrong in in an in a innocent sort of a way because there have always been bazaars and people selling and buying and all those kind of things. But when it becomes more important um, than our love for Jesus, I think that's where we have to... Um, we have to look within. And the key in Jesus, the key of success in Jesus is... The ability to be honest, an honest person about yourself. 
You know, you could be an honest person about me. I mean, people do all the time, <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> but to be honest about yourself, to look within and compare yourself as you dive into the ocean of God's word, you dive into the ocean of God's word and compare your own life, not to the, your friends and neighbors at church so much, but compared to what God calls us to in his book. Amen? All right. Um, Matthew 5, 43 and 44. Um, Jesus speaking again, he said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I don't know if I've ever met too many people in life that have manifested that kind of love. I mean, we kind of like each other, hopefully, in church, our church family. We kind of like each other. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us to prefer one another who are of the faith. But Jesus takes us to the bottom of the, 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 the lowest, what is it, Mariana's Trench or whatever, the deepest parts of the ocean, Jesus takes us to the deepest parts of the ocean, and he says, this is your goal. I want you to believe that you can become this kind of person. Not a person who hates back the people that hate them, but a person who, who literally, the word, that's the word, love your enemies, is the agape word, and it's that uniquely Christian word it means to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of your enemies. Be fond of your enemies. To love them dearly. To be well pleased. To be contented with them. Love your enemies. That, that's an offensive, forward-moving word. That just doesn't mean don't shoot your enemies. Right? Don't Curse your enemies out. Don't go to your kitchen table and talk about your enemies. Right? Jesus said, I want you to be fond of your enemies. There is nothing more difficult in God's word than this call. And it's in three separate gospels, which I'm going to bless you with all three. Um, because it's the hardest thing you'll ever do especially if you've really been hurt, especially if you've really been wounded by a person who you love. And now your call is to continue to love them even as they have negated their love for you, hurt you, done all those things. Luke 6, 27, but I say to you, say to, listen to this. He says, I say to you who hear, I, listen, look at me, I say to you who hear, not everybody can hear this, not everybody, this is, I get, my, my voice becomes garbled, I see people's eyes go, going out into space. Because it's like spe I'm speaking Greek or Latin or, or some dead language. It's the language of love. 
And it's what we're called to. Our, our lives are called to the language of love. And, and not just loving your friends back. That's not even easy to do. In, in our culture today, I think over 50% of marriages end up in divorce. How can people who walk down the aisle, beautiful wedding, dress, groom with a tux, make solemn vows, I will love you and I will cherish you all the days of my life until death do us part, so help me God. And then five years down the road, the worst arch enemies of our culture are people who have ended up in divorce. And then, I don't know if it's better or worse, but I, you know, people say that we're divorced, but it's okay, it's better this way. You know, I don't hate my, my former spouse so much anymore. I, I think that's more sad. You know? It should be a wrestling match. It should be something that feels unnatural. Right? Because in, in our, among our species, the greatest partnership that exists is the partnership of marriage and, and the call to love and cherish all the days of your life. Because you know what? I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm not, not always very lovable, lovable. You know? And I don't know where Nancy gets it from, but she loves me back anyway. Nancy, she's perfect, so. Um, but I say to you who hear, if you hear me today, if you're not here today, I don't think I'm here today. I, I know that this is a wrestling match at times for me. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Do something good for somebody who hates you. You want to confuse somebody? Do something good for them, especially when they hate you. Do something good for them. Do something effusive over the top. Show them and express an act of love that they do not deserve. And uh, Luke 6, 35, the same discourse, Jesus is still speaking. He said, love your enemies, do good. And listen to this. Eh, listen to this. Do good, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. You know, I've already given people gifts who have given me back reciprocal gifts. You know, sometimes you want to give, hoping for nothing in return. I'm not giving something to you because I'm expecting reciprocity. Right? I'm giving to you hoping for nothing in return, because then I know I'll have treasures in heaven. But when it's simply a reciprocal, I give you, you give me, you give him, she gives you, you know, that kind of thing, you're, you got your reward, you know? So he says, hoping, again, that's a, that's a, a forward-leaning word, hoping for nothing in return. It's cool, isn't it? He says, um, hoping for nothing in return, and then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. God is kind to the unthankful and the evil. 
That's why we give hoping for nothing in return. Because the God that we serve has given us whatever we have, even in the moments in our life when we're evil and unthankful. Are you with me? Hey, this is just Jesus 101, no? This is read the red. Right? So this is not, shouldn't be a hard message. But, but diving in that end of the pool or exploring the depths of the ocean in really trying to work this out in your life, try it sometime. Because we can walk out of these doors and you could be the same good Christian you've always been out and love you anyway, you know? But will you try it? Will you try to jump in the ocean? And will you try to see what this feels like? Somebody who, who really has an ax to grind against you. Mark 838 said, uh, again, I don't know where I got that from. Luke 22. Here's, here's something that, this was this week's sort of wake-up moment. Uh, Luke 22, 47 and 48. And it's the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. Now, Jesus knew who was going to betray him, right? Because he told, who was it? John or Peter whispered to him, Who's, who is it going to betray you? The one, I, the one I show you that I'm going to share this piece of bread with, that's the one that's going to betray me. <clears throat> and the scripture says that while he was still speaking, behold, the multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them. He was in front of the multitude, and he drew near Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? You know what I don't hear in that? I don't hear hatred. You know what I don't hear in that? You know, this is... I mean, Judas knows what he's doing. For 30 pieces of silver, he's just sold out the guy who he's made a living off of for the past three years, has heard all of his teachings, has been a part of all of his meetings, all of those kind of things. And he looks at him. And, and I, I think, I, you see, this is what swimming in that water is about. I think about what was Jesus thinking when he asks Judas that rhetorical question? Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? I think I hear love in it. I think maybe I hear some disappointment in it. You know? Maybe some surprise at the way that Judas chose to select him. You know, say, the guy that I kissed, that's the guy that you guys are after. So, just so you know. So, Judas just is going through the religious sort of um, patterns of his day. The master, he gave his master a kiss on the cheek. And Jesus looks at him and says, Judas, are you betraying me with a kiss? You know, I'm just telling you, the human heart is, is, is devious. The human heart is devious. The human heart has to be 
mind. It has to be, it has to marinate in the word and marinate within yourself. These things that Jesus said, because I'll guarantee you, every one of us has read this probably a hundred times in our life. But you ever think of what Jesus was thinking when he said that to Judas? Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? You know? And now it drove Judas, you know, you know, his conscience all of a sudden hit him, you know, and he killed himself and all. But um, just thinking about, you know, what, what does love look like? What does loving your enemies look like? Judas didn't punch him in the face, say, you dirty rat. I'm going to smack you. I'm going to hit you with a rock and a boulder in the head. I'm going to kill you, you, you dirty, rotten turncoat. Right? After all I've done for you? After, after all I've done for you? Yes, dear. There's no hatred in Jesus' remarks, and that to me is mystifying. There's no anger, there's no hatred, there's no bitterness. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that, that there's, there's love. I don't know, you know, I don't even know if repentance could have been possible at that point in time. But you're supposed to think those kind of things when you read the Word of God, when you go swimming in God's Word. And there's so much of what fuels the economy of our society that's originated in our sexuality that it's it's uh, something that we consider I don't know uh, maybe special to our generation or something um, and maybe I don't know maybe it's cranked up a little bit but there's always been an issue with human sexuality Right, so I got have these scriptures, Matthew twelve thirty nine. He answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. Okay? An evil and adulterous. Why does he even hook adultery, the sin of adultery, up with people who are seeking a sign? Because they're not seeking the God of the sign. They're seeking the sign. They want to show. They want to be entertained. And he said, the, 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 the side of misspent sexuality is so um, twisting to our self-image that it confuses almost everything, you know, it confuses almost everything that we're, that makes us to be made in the image and likeness of God. You know, we were just singing about the love of God, the love of God, you know? Bible says the, Lord, the eye of the Lord runs to and fro across the whole world seeking someone who will stand in righteousness. And it just seems that, you know, 
that twistedness of human sexuality that per pervades our culture is something that I think Jesus would, would call our generation out on the same sinfulness. I'm trying to say these things without getting all revved up. Uh, Matthew 16, 4, again, he says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Wicked and adultery. Wickedness and adultery, he puts together. Wickedness and adultery, he puts together. And Jesus said, even if we look at another human being with lust in our heart, we have already committed adultery. So we've already been, you, your, your heart has already committed the sin. You may not have fleshed it out, but does that, does that make sense? Okay, a real problem with God is not a matter of our intellect. And that's the great, I think that's the great, the, de the, the devil's great maneuver on our generation. We think that it's the intellectuals and it's the people who are objectively looking at the science of the possibility of God and, and, and they'll swear to you up and down that this is just science that they're following that wickedness and adultery kind of go hand in hand. And there's something about fixing your gaze, your eye, on the one that God has given you to be married to and doing that for the rest of your life, even when, because life is a long run, it's a long haul, but on every life, on, at the end of the life, is like the end of a sentence. At the end of a sentence, how do you know a sentence ends? Because there's a period. Right? If there was no period, you wouldn't know when the sentence ends. Right? So every life has a period. And we have done everything in our power to neglect the fact that we all have to deal with a period at the end of our roads, that there's a period there. What happens then? What happens then? And, and, and our world, our culture, it, the silence is deafening when it comes to dealing with, you know, what happens afterwards. And then if there's a God, and if there's a God, what does he require of us, right? Oh, I just have to believe in Jesus. Okay. Jesus just said, love those who hate you. <laughs> Jesus said that. That's Jesus' law. It's a whole lot harder than the Ten Commandments. Love those who hate you. Do good to those who despitefully use you. This is a chipper word this morning, isn't it? A real problem with God is not a matter of intellect, but of our heart and of our will. And uh, because we have Jesus and we stand for him and we continue to stand for him, we pray that we can be used as a vehicle um, to stand for Jesus in the lives of others, right? It's not okay with me that my neighbor doesn't know God. It's not okay with me that we live in a generation that is so almost wholly turned away from God. It's not okay with me that we have a, a Christian lifestyle that's right here and not groping to be up here, not groping to to be the perfect example of what Jesus has called us to be. 
And that word perfect that we use and throw around in the Bible, it never means flawless. That word always means mature. So it doesn't mean that you don't make a mistake. It means that you become mature in terms of being a follower of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, that we would dive deeply into your word and become who and what you would have us become. Lord God, let us not simply take the status quo and believe that that's enough. But Lord God, let us desire you and want you more than any other thing in life. Let us want you. Do we have to work for money? Yes. Do we hope to prosper in our lives? Yes. Do we hope for good health? Yes. Do we hope for things that we don't have right away? Yes. Lord God, but in spite of all of those things, let none of those things become idols to us. Lord God, only let us live to worship you through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Inglehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.